Hey, good morning to you. We are so glad. And I mean, it's, let me say this. I know there's a zillion churches, uh, but you got up this morning and you chose to come to Dorisville. And uh, we are very glad that you're here today. We're glad for our regular attenders and our members and every guest that's here. Thank you so much for coming um, and sharing with us today. We're excited. And we are in week number three of a series that we're calling Simply Complex. And of all people to quote is Albert Einstein. And we've been talking about how he said, you know, genius is taking something that's really complex and making it simple. And not the other way around. Not taking something simple and making it hard, but rather taking something that's, that's hard and making it simple. And that's what we want to do today. We've been talking about four big truths. And today, as you can see and as you heard in almost every song, is this thing called holiness. Holy, holy, holy. And by the way, you notice that holy is spelled three different ways there, pronounced the same, um, and, but three different meanings. And I wondered about that. I said, you know, what comes into your mind um, when I say holy? Now, here's the deal. Can I just be honest? Can we be candid? Okay. And the truth is, this is a hard sale. I mean, you know, when a preacher gets up and talks, I really believe, I really believe that the, every message should just give you something you can apply in your life. I, I guess if you want to walk out with more knowledge of the Word of God, that's great and that's fine. But I really want the Word of God to speak to us. And, and you walk out going, you know what, I can use that this week. And if we talk about money and we talk about marriage, talk about you know, wisdom and, and careers and all those different things, people go, oh, yeah, boy, that really spoke to my heart. But, but when you talk about holiness, you kind of go, hmm, holiness, that, that doesn't do a whole lot for me. In fact, you know, again, what, what pops into your brain when I say holy? Um, for some of you, if you have a teenage daughter particularly, um, you know, it might, the first thing that pops in your brain when I say holy is the $75 you paid for her new holy jeans. I mean, can you figure this out? My wife's got a pair, you know? And, and, you know, back when I was a kid, if you had holy jeans, you were poor. Now, if you got holy jeans, you're rich. I mean, go figure this upside down world. So maybe, you know, and you know, I want to run for them $75 jeans. Just like sometimes when we're holiness, we want to run away from that because it's, it's kind of frightening to us. Uh, so that might, that might be right. Uh, but then maybe holier than now. You know, that speaks about judgment. You know, yeah, people love to say, well, you're just a holier than thou. And you know, and you know what? We want to be judgmental. So, so when we hear that holier than thou, that word holy, we kind of want to run away um, from that. Oh, oh, and then there's holy roller. Oh, nobody wants to be a holy roller. Jesus freak, Jesus weirdo, holy roller. We run away from that, okay? And probably understandably so. But then there's this holiness, this, this holy word. And, and we do pretty good when we apply it to God. I mean, every song today just so spoke about the, the wonderful holiness of God. It's a big deal. Um, we, we, as you'll see in the first slide in a moment, not yet, um, but, but, you know, we, we really can't hardly grasp just have this word holiness. The Bible talks about a lot, and you heard a couple of the scriptures, like, you know, Isaiah chapter 6 and verse number 3. Um, we're going to go back oh, about 800 years ago, uh, excuse me, 2,800 years ago, and here's Isaiah, and he's caught up in this vision, you know, and, and so he's there, and the Bible says that in the year that King Uzziah died, that's how we remember that, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, and he was high and lifted up, and then he starts talking about these creatures that Trey talked about, that were zooming around the room. And look what Isaiah chapter 6 and verse number 3 says. You know, it says this. It says, and one, one of the creatures, and one called to another, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. 
Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of armies. His glory fills the earth. So holy, God's holiness is so important. It's like a full-time job for these creatures in heaven that just say, hey, he's holy, holy, holy. And you know, when God says something once, it's like important. When God says something twice, it's like really important. And like when he says it three times, it is off the scale. Okay, so here we see Isaiah the prophet in this. Holy, holy, holy. And man, he's just like in raptures. He, he can't believe it. And then in Revelation chapter 4 and verse number 8, looking forward now, we're, we see again the throne of God all around there. And each of the four living creatures had six wings, and they were covered with eyes around and inside. And day and night, 24 hours a day, three, of course, no time in heaven, 24 hours a day, three, you know, 365 days a year, uh, day and night they never stop they never stop and they're saying what holy 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 the lord god almighty who who is or who was who is and who is to come i mean this this holiness thing is so so big it's so huge well what exactly is this holiness thing well we find out in our first teaching point you know when the angels are crying out, holy, 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 um, it's, it's a word, again, that we really have a hard time putting our arms around. But it literally means, you know, one, one to be set apart, to be set apart. So, so when the angels are crying out, holy, 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 it means that God is just set apart from, from everything else, okay? But it also means different. And sure enough, that applies perfectly when they're saying, holy, holy, holy. They're, God, they're saying that God is way different, different, different. Different, but I love this. I love it. They are declaring that God is beyond. It was probably six, eight months ago. I was studying for another message and talking about holiness. Um, and the common uh, commentator guy, you know, made it very clear. He said, you know, in the Hebrew and in the Greek, it applies beyond. So, so we could say that, you know, when the angels cry out beyond, 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 they are declaring that God is beyond. Beyond what? He's beyond any and all uh, that we can imagine. That's just, it's just incredibly strong. It's incredibly beautiful that God is that way. But here's the big part. Look what it says. So by the sacrifice of his son, in other words, by allowing his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die on a Roman cross and pay the price for our sins, and we by faith believe in Jesus and what he did and turn from our sins, turn from that sin, by, by the sacrifice of his son, he invites us to join us there. I mean, holiness, watch this, holiness is doing, but holiness is going. Where? Into the presence of God. You know, imagine, you know, he invites us to this beyond place, beyond, beyond, beyond. And just like God is set apart, he calls us to be set apart. Just like God is different, so he invites us to be different. And just like God is, you know, God is beyond, he invites us to be beyond. And why this is important. See, see, if we think about holiness as just like rule keeping and all of that, we lose the whole point. You know, it's, it's this holiness done right, this holiness done God's way, it's a magnet. There's a world out there who's looking for something so different, so, so life-changing. And, and when we live out the holiness of God, that is what they see. That is what they see. And, and many, that's exactly what they want. That's what they want. 
So we want to look at today in our message, what does it mean to be holy? What does it mean to be practically holy for us? And you'll find out it's not something that, you know, it's like, you know, I, I was watching the, I, I mean, it's different. We are different, you know, we're supposed to be different, you know, but I was watching the Notre Dame football game yesterday and here's all this sea of green, you know, and they camera panned the crowd and there were 12 nuns <laughs> and they didn't, do you know, they don't make a green habit. No, it's black and white, you know, but they were just all excited. They were clapping, you know, having a good time. But, you know, they were, they were weirdly different. I mean, they stuck out like a sore thumb. And, oh, and we're supposed to be like so different, we kind of stick out like a sore thumb, you know. And I know, I know. You sit there and you go, well, you know, holiness, Dwayne, is kind of boring. Not when you understand. Woo! You know, but, you know, holiness is such a boring topic, but it's really not because it's such a life changing opportunity um, that we have, that we have. Now, Charles Spurgeon said this. Charles Spurgeon said, you know, holiness is not the way to Christ. Now, you need to be, if you're a note taker, write this down. It's, it's simplistic, but it's not, okay? Holiness is not the way to Christ because, again, when we think about holiness, all right, we have a tendency to think about, I'm good, okay? And we start thinking about, I'm good, then we talk about how good I am and I don't need Jesus, all right? Okay, so when you hear holiness is not the way to Christ, all right, it's important you remember, you know, holiness is not the way to Christ. If it's the way to Christ, it'd be called religion. It, it would be called doing. It would be called works. Okay, but, but holiness is not the way to Christ. Christ is the way to holiness. And guess what that is? That's grace and mercy. See, that's why, that's why you don't have to worry about, well, this whole or anything. It's all God. It's what God does. It's his grace and it is his mercy. You know, our teaching point says this way. You know, when we begin to understand the holiness of God. Now, now let me pause there. The holiness of God is so big, we can't understand it. It's beyond our finite ability really to understand it. But we can begin. And we begin to understand the holiness of God, okay? Then we also begin to understand two things, the death of our sin and the wonder of our salvation. And, and those two things will help us to understand God's holiness, but also our personal holiness. See, Isaiah encountered this. Isaiah encountered this. Over in verse number 5 of Isaiah 6, remember, he, he was in the, you know, in the room and God's showing himself off, you know, and, and, the, and the creatures are crying, holy, 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 all the day, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And man, when Isaiah got in that kind of presence of God's holiest, well, look what it says. Then I said, woe is me, for I am ruined. See, when we truly, now listen carefully, when we truly get into the presence of God, when we get into the presence of God's holiness, our imperfection, our weakness shows up so well. Now listen, I know, I know us. I know us. And the truth is, the more we do this church gig and the more we get things right, we just have this tendency to think how good we are. And we forget what this was all about. And we forget the wonderful fact that, you know, we were ruined. You know, like Isaiah, when he got in the holiness of God, said, look, I am ruined. I'm a man of unclean lips. And this guy was the preacher. He was the prophet of all the people. You know, he got, he had more good days than bad days. Yet when he got into the present, is anybody like that, you know? Yeah, well, I've I've been saved now for, for 95 years. 
And, you know, I, I got all the rules down pretty good, you know. But, you know, but, but when he got into the holiness of God, he goes, whoa, man, I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm in unclean lips. And I live among a people of unclean lips. I mean, I mean, I know, I'm, I'm going to tell you that they don't get it right, okay? But I want you to know I don't get it right. See, we'll get in church sometimes, and when I preach like this, you know, people go, yeah, I am glad he's preaching this because my wife really needs it. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, or, or, or your mom and Dave back there sitting in the back of the crowd, and, and they're, it's funny, they're going, these students really need this teaching. You go ahead and preach about holiness, preacher, because they really need it. But we all know they need it too, see? They need it too. So, so yeah. So he said, I am a man of unclean lips and live among a people of unclean lips. And here's why. Because my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of, the, of heaven's armies. Now, here's the deal. The more we get into the holiness of God, the more we'll understand that we need God's amazing grace. The more we'll understand our weakness and shortcomings. And that will fight the holier than now deal. We won't be touting how holy we are Okay, how better we are than everybody else because we've been in the presence of God and the light, the brilliant light of His holiness clearly shows us we still need Him. We need Him um, very, very much. So, so, so it's just so important that we understand all of that. Now, he goes on and says this, though. He says um, in verse number 7, after he says it, the way he says, your iniquity is removed and your sins atoned for. So, so his holiness shows us our weakness, but then also an angel flies over from the altar, gets a hot coal, and puts it on his lips and says, he touched my mouth with it and said, now that this has touched your lips, your iniquity is removed and your sins atoned for. Another thing the holiness of God does for us is that it shows us our weaknesses and shortcomings, but it magnifies the grace and forgiveness of God. And then, when that happens, when we see our shortcomings or we're aware of that, then we have a tendency not to do that. But then we have a message to go out and do the community. That, you know what? Just like God forgave my sin, He can forgive your sin. Just like my sin was atoned for, so your sin can be atoned for. So, holiness is a big deal. It's a big deal to God, but it's also a big deal to us. It deserves more than a... It deserves our acute attention. So, the quest, here's here's what's funny. The quest and battle for holiness doesn't begin in doing. I mean, come on. Isn't that that our first thought? How many times have we heard the preacher get up and say, God has called us to be holy. Thou shalt not drink. Thou shalt not have sex outside of marriage. Thou shalt not do this, and thou shalt not do that. And you shall not. And by the way, those all might be right. But here's the deal. The quest for holiness doesn't begin with doing. It begins with thinking. Our minds. Do you remember long? Guys, y'all remember um, Promise Keepers? Yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember listening. I went to several of those. Um, and um, in fact, one of them was here. I mean, you know, we drove from here. And, and I remember a preacher saying that, you know, guys, the victory you're seeking over lust and all those different kinds of sins begins in your brain. You know, how many times have we tried to not do something? Whatever it might be. I, I won't do that. I won't do that. And we fail miserably. That's because we didn't start in the right place. We start with our brains. 
our brains. Listen to what Peter starts out, and he's our main speaker today. First uh, Peter chapter one verse thirteen a says so. When he starts talking about holiness, he says so. Prepare your minds for action. So Peter says, so when you're going to talk about holiness, it starts with your brain. So you've got to prepare your mind. Your mind is so important, okay? You know, prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. So we got to be careful when we talk about holiness. We want to think about how we think, but we also want to think about what control, exercise, self-control in our lives. It's just, it's, it's huge. It's huge. You know, over in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, you know, the mind and the heart are first cousins. The mind and the heart are first cousins. So in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse number 23, here's what, here's what the author says, Solomon says. He said, guard your heart above all else. Guard your heart above all else because out of it come all the issues of life. So because the heart and the brain, you know, are, are, you know, first cousins, when he's saying guard your heart, he's also saying guard your mind. And there's a scripture that says guard your mind. So, so above all else, guard your mind because it all starts there. Guard your mind, guard your heart above all else because out of it come the issues of life. Now, let's look at our teaching point. The spiritual battles we fight... The spiritual battles we fight. And once again, been saved a while, and you really want to please Jesus. And so a temptation comes along. Okay, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And you do it. Okay? And it's because, again, we're trying to begin holiness in our actions and not our brains and our hearts. Okay? So the spiritual battles we fight are often won or lost. By how we think. This battle with holiness in your life, okay, that you want to be, you want to say, you know, God, I want, I know, I know, I know it sounds, God, I want to be a holy person. I, I want to get it right, okay? What we got to understand though is it's often won or lost right there in our brains. Not a, before our actions, it's our minds, okay? Our thinking impacts our doing. Our thinking impacts our doing. Yield your mind to God, and guess what? You win the battle. When we yield our minds to God, we win the battles. Um, Mark Hart, and he's just a Bible teacher, Mark Hart said this, true holiness is not achieved by what we do. Now, what you do is important. Please, you know, I asked the first service, and I'm going to ask you, you know, same thing. You know, if holiness means set apart and different, how's your Facebook page look? Is it set apart? Is it different? Are your actions, the jokes you hear, the movies you see, the websites you visit, are they different than the guy down the street who doesn't know Jesus? Is your Instagram account set apart for God? Or does it look just like the guy who posted before you? You should ask that question. True holiness is not achieved by what we do, but it's important. But what we allow God to do in us. Oh, man, I, listen, um, if you're a version person, go in there and look for Ann Graham Lotz. And uh, he has a, a seven, I think, seven-day uh, Bible reading on the Holy Spirit. Are you ready for this? I'm on the sixth time going through those seven days. I have learned so much about the Holy Spirit. Like, like one of the big things was, 
is that, you know, I've always thought of the spirit as a spirit. But she makes it so clear and she's so right that he's the third person, the third person of the Godhead. And when Jesus was, and you got to forget this later on because I'm going to preach on this. Um, um, but yeah, but when Jesus was talking about, hey, you know, I'm going to send you. I've asked the Father. He's going to send you another comf- comforter. And that word another means one of the same kind. Okay. And it says he is with you and it's going to be in you. And what he was saying was, is that, listen, listen, he's going to be like me. I'm with you. Talking to the boys. I'm with you. But he's going to be in you. So when you think of the Holy Spirit, you don't think of a spirit. You don't think of Casper the ghost. Think of Jesus. Jesus in you. And that's so important because, you know, it's not what we do, but what we allow God to do through the Holy Spirit. You know, this holiness thing, Holy, Holy Spirit, you know, what do you want the holiness of God to look like in my life? In my life. He's so spot on. Uh, Mark Hart, uh, so spot on. Now, here's, because you've got to be sitting there going, Okay, Dwayne, so how do I do this holiness thing? Because, Dwayne, I've been doing this Jesus thing for a while, and I don't get it right as much as I get it wrong. So how do I set my mind? How do I prepare my mind for holiness? Good question. Romans chapter 12, and verse number 2, the first part says this. Number one, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. So the first thing you're going to do, okay, is quit mimicking the world. Once again, What's your Facebook page look like? If your Facebook page looks just like everybody else's Facebook page who doesn't know Jesus, there might be an issue there. What's your Instagram account look like? Does it look like just like the websites you visit, the clothes you wear, all that different stuff? I'm not trying to be legalistic. Just saying we're supposed to be different, okay? So don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But, but let God transform you into a new person. Let God transform you. Well, how does he do that, Dwayne? By changing the way you think. How do you change the way you think? I mean, we know how you change the way you do. Don't work well, but we know how to do that. You get on the scale and you say, I don't think I'll eat any pie today. Okay? I think tonight when we had the dessert fellowship, I think I better pass that part of it. We know what the do looks like, but how do you change the way you think? Man, it's the Word of God. It's the Word of God. The Word of God is the change with the Holy Spirit is the change agent in us. So Paul says, listen, don't mimic the world. That's not how you be holy, nor victorious. You know, let God do it. Let God do it through His Holy Spirit. Let God do it. Well, how, how else? Well, by changing the way you think. How you change the way you think? By learning and reading and applying the Word of God. That's how you do that. So, so that's all so very, very, very important. Okay? So then... Go ahead, next slide there, Nance. All right. Waiting, he says it's waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, so how do we, what does that transformation look like? It looks like we change our focus. We change our focus on what Peter, what God was saying with Peter. We prepare our minds, okay, for action. We prepare our minds for action, okay, and that looks like Focusing on the hope. So let me ask you a question. So what do you think um, is in Trey and Laney's mind this week? I would be thinking about a wedding. What do you think on Brent, what's on Brent and Tracy's mind this week? Yeah, yeah, a brand new baby. Okay, so here's the deal then. 
So we should, we should so focus our, li- our laser minds on about what is important. In their life, it's a wedding, that's rightfully so. But guess what's more important than the waiting? The, the wedding. Waiting for our blessed hope. What's more important even than a grandbaby? If you can imagine that, the first grandbaby. You know, when you have eight, you kind of go, oh. But, you know, when your number one's pretty important. Okay, yeah. What's more important? Waiting for our blessed hope. The appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. See, this is just so, so important. Listen, but Dwayne, he's been saying he's coming for, for 2,000 years. And, you know, I don't know if you've noticed, but he's not come yet. Well, we're going to talk about that in a couple, three weeks. But let me just give you this part right now. Is that, you know, don't let his denial, I'm sorry, don't let his delay become your denial. You know, you want to know why he hasn't come yet? He's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Not willing that any should perish. He's delaying so more people can be saved. But while we're waiting, we are supposed to be focusing on his coming. We're supposed to be focusing on being holy in this corrupt world. Have you ever been to an airport before? It's easy to lose your focus while you're waiting. You know, I'm, I'm a rule keeper, generally speaking. And so, I, you know, they say, you should be at the airport two hours before your flight. And so I'll get there sometimes even more than that. I'll get like two hours and 15 minutes before my flight. I'll get there, and you get through security, and now you've got all this time on your hands. And so, you know, you go get something to eat, of course, Okay, you find a restaurant, and we have lunch, or whatever it might be, or just a snack. Hey, there's always a reason to eat, okay? So then you do that, and then you want to go to the airport shops, and you look at all the cool gadgets they've got, and all these different things, and then you hear it. Last call. This is last call for flight 423. Well, passenger Dwayne Taylor, please report to your gate for departure. And you go, oh, no! The guy that was there two hours and 15 minutes early all of a sudden has to run to the gate. And what happened? I lost sight during my waiting. The church is losing sight during its waiting. We are to be what Jesus at 12 years old said. We are to be about the Father's business. So don't lose sight during your waiting. Make your focus the holiness of God. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 14, so you must live, you must live as God's obedient children. And that's, that's so important. Again, it's not a rule keeping, you know, he wants a notch in his belt, you know. It's so important because that is the way we win people to Christ. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. Be careful in your waiting that you don't lose your focus, and your focus is Jesus. Okay? Don't slip back into your old ways um, to satisfy your own desires. You say, well, Dwayne, how do I know if that's happening? I mean, it's, this, 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 it, it's hard sometimes. I mean, you, you lose sight. Well, here's the deal. When, when you're living, you know, you're doing your, your life, okay? When your life consistently is more about you than God there's a chance you're slipping back. I know you expect me to say that because I'm the preacher, but when your life becomes more, you know, your activities, your checkbook, your calendar, your talk, your speech, the things you do are more about you than him, there might be a chance you're slipping back. Something you need to be aware of. 
And then Peter throws this arbitrary thought in and says, and by the way, you didn't know any better then. And he's right. We didn't know any better before we received Christ, how we were supposed to live, because we weren't Christians at that time. You know? And that's one reason why God gave us the Bible again. And Dwight L. Moody um, said this, you know, the Bible was not given to increase our knowledge. I'm not asking you, or I'm not telling you as your pastor, you need to study the Word of God just so you can have knowledge. I want you to, have, you know, I want you to be able to apply it to your life. You know, my goal, every time I stand up here, I don't know if I get it right, but my goal every time I stand is give you something you can take home, something to impact your life, something that will change your life, whether it's holiness or something else. I want you to go home and say, okay, you know, I didn't agree with all he said, but I know it's going to impact my life. That's what I want. And the Bible is not given to increase our knowledge, but it's given to change our lives. So we need to be students of the Word of God. And as students of the Word of God, it's going to increase our desire to be holy, to be set apart, to be different, to be like God is, to be um, beyond. So in Titus 2.12, we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We are called to turn away from godless living and sinful pleasures. Now again, that's not about, you know, God keeping, you know, you got to keep God's rules. It's about that's the pathway to holiness. And the pathway to holiness will lead us to a pathway to tell others about Jesus. So what does that look like? We should live in this evil world with wisdom. With wisdom. Psalm um, 111.10 says this, the Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, that's not talking about, oh, no. Oh, no, God's going to zap me. I must fear him. It's not that at all. It's a reverence. It's a respect for God. Okay? So, so if we're going to have wisdom, we have to respect God. We have to respect God. And that's, that's just one of the most important things. And then in James chapter 1, in verse number 5, James wrote, you know, the half-brother of Jesus, said, you know, if any person lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. So here we're going to have reverence for God, and here we're going to ask God. Reverence for God, ask God. Reverence for God, ask God. We should live with wisdom. And then he says, not only that, we should have righteousness. Well, we get this righteousness when we trust Jesus, but we also need to have practical righteousness in our lives. Practical righteousness. 2 Timothy 2.22 says... He wrote to Timothy, Paul did, and said, Hey, Timothy, flee youthful lust and pursue righteousness. We are to pursue right living. Let me ask you a question. All things equal. If you had the opportunity to do something right that was better or wrong that was worse, which one would you choose? Right, right? That's what right living is. That's what righteousness is. It's living the best way. It's living the right way according to God's word. And then finally, 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 we got devotion to God. If any man, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, or verse 1, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. That's 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. In Romans chapter 12 and verse number 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. So there we go. That's, that's it. Paul Washer said something. 
He was, you know, Paul Washer lived down next to Metropolis, and, and he was big in the missions and came quite a name uh, in the mission field. But holiness is not merely a feeling. It's not a state of mind or our good intention. It involves practical separation from sin and real separation unto God. Practical separation from sin, but real separation unto God. So then we find the last two verses, and they're just the keynote verses. Verse 15 and 16. Peter says, But now, now you must be holy. Now you must be holy in everything you do, just as, just as God who chose you is holy. So, so we need to be different and set apart and beyond, just like God is different and separate and beyond. For the scriptures say, You must be holy because I am holy. You must be different. You must be set apart. You must be beyond because I am am that way. So I hope today, okay, you saw something that's complex, made a little more simple, and why it's important. Why holiness is not something we yawn at. Holiness is not something, you know, about the church down the road, you know, that runs around the church during the services. It's none of that. Holiness is being like God. Holiness is being like Jesus. And because he is holy, then he calls us to be holy too. So would you bow your heads right there? You know, if you're here today, and this is kind of new stuff to you. You know, you're here and you've been to church before, but you don't maybe come too often. And you wonder what the big deal is. The big deal is, that a man named Jesus, who was God in the flesh, died on a Roman cross. And he died on the Roman cross paying the price for our sins so that we could have a relationship with God. And it doesn't matter if you're black, white, green, or yellow, rich, or poor. If you're willing to, to believe and turn from your sin, he will forgive your sin. And Brother Brent will be waiting down front to tell you all about it this morning. So if you're here today, that's our first invitation. But our second invitation is in the invitation to join God beyond, beyond, to be set apart, to be different. Not because you're better than anybody, but because you want to join God. You want to be with God where he is, and God is beyond. The altar is going to be open this morning. We'd love to invite you to come and pray. Brother Brent, we'd be down front, and we'd love to pray with you. Father, thank you so very much for the privilege of sharing today. Pray, God, that you'll watch over and guide us. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, would you draw people to yourself? Would you draw people to yourself? And then, Father, also, speak to us about our own personal holiness. Father, because it helps us win others to Jesus. Because it is what you ask us to do. Because it's the right thing to do. So speak to our hearts. And Jesus, I pray in your precious name. Amen. Amen.